welcome to the Spirit of 86 podcast. It's your host, Ryan Richardson, and glad to be joined by the guests for this evening. It's Jane from the from the group. Um, how are you doing, Jane? Are you all right? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How are you? I'm getting on. Well, the first question for you, Jane, is what is the standout memory for you being a Borough fan? What, like, ever? Ever. Um, oh, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, like I know what most people will go for things like the Carling Cup and stuff like that. Um, for yeah. me, it was winning promotion to the Premier League in 92 away at Wolves on the last day of the season. Yeah, um, and I, I remember, I remember my dad telling me stories about that day. Yeah, it was... Like, I mean, I used to go to the football with my parents when I was that age and we didn't really do many away days. Um, and I don't actually know how we ended up going to that game. I think it was a bit like last minute. Um, yeah, and it, it seemed quite an eventful day. I mean, I vaguely remember the game nearly didn't go ahead. I think because there was... The fire of, the day before. I, I think there was some sort of a bomb scare, actually. Hmm. Um, in either near the stadium... And then it did go ahead, and I mean, this is, I mean, I was fifteen, but this is going back quite a few years for me, sort of like nearly thirty years now. I remember walking down to the stadium, to the ground, and there was a pub near the ground, and I think it was called the Milepost, and it was just, I think there was about five thousand Borough fans or something like crazy like that that day, and this pub was just like overflowing with Middlesbrough fans, and I just remember thinking. All right, wow, this is just amazing. But the actual I, I don't really remember the game itself. I think there was a I think there was a penalty. I think we went a goal down. Yeah, it was it was one nil the walls at half time. Yeah, I remember that. Um and I just remember this random bloke hugging me. I think it was Paul Wilkinson that scored the winning goal, I think. It was John Gittins and Paul Wilkinson, yeah, on the score sheet. Oh, see, I can remember some things. <laughs> I just remember it full time. Just it was just such a feeling because it was it was the first Premier League, wasn't it? Ninety two. So yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, obviously things like the Carling Cup. Um, I wasn't actually there at the game that day, so I watched that one on the telly. Can't remember why I wasn't there. I think my dad might have been ill or something like that. There was a reason why I wasn't there. Um, and the the semi final against Stout Bucharest, which unfortunately I didn't make that game. That is unlucky. That's tragic. <laughs> I I had a very 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 genuine reason not to be there. I was um I was giving birth to my daughter. She was born oh, well, three weeks. She well, was born we three go. weeks early. So um. Yeah, she gets reminded every year on the 27th of April on her birthday how I missed a really good football match for her. <laughs> but yeah, well, that I do remember I do remember trying to follow the results but not getting any sort of um, um any sort of radio or anything in the hospital so it was like the next morning before I realized what had happened. Yeah, yeah. Um so we talked about your best um experiences. Now, how about your worst experiences? Every weekend these days, but oh, is there yeah. anything that brings to mind when you think of the worst experience? 
I can think of a few. Um, I think, I can't remember what, I think it was Sunderland and I, th- I can't remember. I think the Beatles 4-0 at home. Um, I'm trying to think what season it was. It must be going back to when I was going to the football, when my dad was sort of getting on a bit. Um, and I'm sure there was a match against, I think it was Aston Villa, the one where the season ticket holder threw his ticket, at the, threw his season ticket at the dugout. I'm sure that was 4-0, but I'd have to double-check these because my memory is sort of shocking when it comes to results. And I remember that, I think it was this might have been the Sunderland game, although I could probably be totally wrong as people will be thinking, yeah, she doesn't have a clue what she's on about. <laughs> I remember it was awful and I was driving back down to Harrogate and saying to my dad, and my dad had dementia at the time, and bless him, he didn't remember. I was like, you lucky so-and-so. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, that wasn't too bad today. And I thought, oh, you know what? I don't have the heart to tell him. We just got hammered at home again. I wow. think it was around, I might have been around 2004, 2005, something like that. But I, I, can't, I can't remember. It's it, it's going back a while to, I think. I, I can't think of many more, to be fair. Just... Like, you don't really remember the bad results the same way I don't think that you remember the really good results somehow because, like, Hull away the other week, that wasn't a great day out, if I'm honest. I remember taking my son to his first away game, like, last year, but, like, season before last when we had Woodgate and we got beat at Barnsley and that was his first away game and that was a pretty depressing day, if I'm honest with you. Mm. Um because it was freezing cold as well and and it wasn't a good game. There was quite a few from that season that were quite depressing. Just, I mean, like disappointing is like getting, you know, there was some low points was getting beat in the cup finals three times in a year. They weren't great. Um, I think when we played Chelsea in, I think it was 97 or 98 in the FA Cup final, and me and my sister had barely taken our seats when De Matteo scored, which I think at the time was the fastest ever FA Cup final goal. Yeah, it. Yeah, I think it still is, but I have to double check on that one. I don't think it is. I think it's been beaten now, if I'm honest. But I don't. I won't. I couldn't tell you by who, but I know at the time. I think it was something sh- stupid, like 26 seconds into the game or something ridiculous like that. Wow. It was within the first minute. Minute, and me, me and my sister had literally. Just got sat down and thought, oh, it's just going to be one of them days. <laughs> it was just really depressing. And then, seconds. I think it was. But again, I'd have to double check that. That but leads yeah, me my... Um, sorry, go ahead. It's a long drive home from Wembley. When you've been <laughs> yeah, definitely. I remember in 20, um, 2015 in the playoffs, we got the National Express down from Middlesbrough bus station. And it should only take maybe six, maybe seven, I pushed seven hours to get down there. Twelve hours we were on that bus for. Oh my god! It was absolute disgrace. But um, yeah, I got my head down on the way back and woke up somewhere near Hull. So yeah, I don't know what we're doing over there. I think National <laughs> Express were absolute disgrace. Honestly, I don't know why the um they got them to take us down that day, but. 
time at us 26 seconds um, into the game goal, um, it leads me on to the next question, which is, what is the most typical Borough moment you've seen? Oh, God, no. <laughs> tough one. They're all a bit typical, aren't they? Yeah, but w- which one is like, oh, that is just, that wouldn't happen to anybody else? I mean, for me, it's the um, League Cup quarter final against Burton. That is, you know, the other season on the pew list. That's just the ultimate typical Borough moment. I just think any of the home, any of the home, any like, even like last weekend against Hull, when the last time they won at home in the championship was against us in 2020. (laughs) And the minute you know that fact, you just know that we're going to get B. Or Reading the week before when they hadn't, Reading hadn't, kept a clean sheet in any championship game. So, again, you just think, well, this is so typically Borough that they're going to keep a clean sheet against us and they're probably going to beat us. It's just moments like that. I think when when we when we seem to come up against teams that we should be, like, pretty much odds on certain to win, yeah, you just know that we're not going to win mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> so now I just expect to lose all our games. It's almost, like, it's almost like a curse, isn't it? Like, I can't remember the last time. Maybe the Karanka season when we went out. I can't remember the last time that, you know, I, I went to a game feeling, you know, against a team we should really beat and th- thinking, you know, we're going to batter these. And we actually did. Like, that, that's the last time. But I can't remember anything else that, um, you know, like that. Uh, I think that was probably the last season that I actually enjoyed watching us play, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, I quite like the. Do you know the season after we came down? I know it didn't really go to plan, but you know, it, it was something about that squad. How we didn't go up with that squad beyond me. Unbelievable team, but yeah. But then know, I've I mean, seen us. I've seen us get relegated with with a team that had um, Janino and Ravenelli and Emerson mm-hmm. in it. So, <laughs> I mean, even when we were in the Premier League the other season, we went, you know, the credo. Victor Valdez. I mean, I, I don't understand. There's some sort of curse on this football Possibly. club. It's weird. That's I mean, a, typical, a typical Borough moment, a typical Borough thing is is the whole incident with the three points and Blackburn, isn't it? I mean, that's <laughs> such a Borough thing to do. We could have played the game and got hammered and still not have got relegated. Mm. But we did and play the game. Blair would have been by now. Yeah, God. Well, yeah, I think things would have been a lot different if we'd have stayed up that season. Mm. But, hey ho. So, you live in Harrogate, as you said previously. Um, I'm, well, I'm from Harrogate. I live in West Yorkshire now. But... Oh, well, that's okay. Um, so, you're from Harrogate. How did you come around to support the borough? My dad's from Middlesbrough. So, oh, my, dad, my dad's borough born and bred. Um and he moved away sort of in the 60s, I think, sometime mm. before I was born. But he's always carried on going up to games um, and then started taking me when I was about 11. Although he did take me to a game when I was about four, but apparently I was cheering on the wrong team. So <laughs> I to go for a while. We were home to Man City and I was cheering on the Blues, apparently. So my mum and dad tell, told me, but I think they made it up. Remember my first game? Um, we played Wolves. I I didn't get into football until I was maybe maybe eight, and um, my dad took me to my first ever game. Well, properly, 
um, against Wolves in 2012. It was actually on my birthday, December 15th, uh, 2012. We played Wolves at home. Uh, Scott McDonald scored a penalty and Marvin Emnes. I think it was two goals in the last two minutes or something. Um, so, yeah, it was a pretty good start for me. And ever since, it's just been, yeah, I, I, regret, <laughs> I regret going to the first game, to be honest. Um, I'm talking about, you know, like Scott McDonald, uh, Marvin Emnes. Who um, would you say your favourite player is from, you know, the, the time you've you've seen Middlesbrough play? Um, my favourite sort of all time is John Hendry. And why is that? Just, I just loved watching him play. He he was like re- he was such a direct player. He would run, you know. He he was. We I don't know. I can't even think of who I'd compare him to. But he was like he you know he'd run at he'd run at defenders. He'd he'd run down and he was he could always put a decent ball into the box. He scored that absolutely cracking goal. I think it was against Millwall. Which was yeah. which was, was the like anniversary, then, I think, the anniversary yeah. of the other day. How which many years still... ago was that? Oh, too many. About nineteen ninety, yeah. I think that was. Yeah, it's something like thirty years or something silly like that. It's crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, I think it, it must be ninety one. That's mental. And he had he just he was a really good player. He was committed. He, he never seemed to have an off day from what I remember. I mean, he probably did. I've probably got some sort of rose-tinted glasses on when I think about him, but I never really remember him having... A, even if he didn't have a good, good game, he'd always give it 100%. He never really seemed to not turn up. Yeah, and I get he, was just, he was quite sort of fearless. He was just... He was really, it was really exciting to watch. Well, I always thought, thought so, and that was about when he was playing for us was sort of about the time that I was really getting into football. And I think he's the kind of player that made me really like football. Mm. Um, so obviously you've said um, John Hendry. Um, we'll change it a little bit. So who would you say your favourite player was of the Riverside era? Uh, probably, I mean, Janino was just like something else to watch so he was yeah probably like my favorite but I really really also like Mark Viduka Viduka I don't I think he's probably one of the best strikers I've ever seen in a Borough shirt he's got some Um, cracking goals yeah he was down at St Andrews that was worldly he was just yeah he was a really good player to watch um and I like Emerson on his day. <laughs> it was just, yeah, those those days were good days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, again, um, recurring theme. We've actually favourite players now. <laughs> if you can, three players that you absolutely just wanted to rip your eyes out when you saw them play for Middlesbrough. Who would they be? Um, <laughs> Could be a tricky one. I'm trying to think. I mean, we've got quite a few that I'm not particularly keen on at the moment. Um, Rudy Gestad. <laughs> <sighs> he was a lot of hype about him. That really, no, mind you, to be fair, he did spend most of his time injured, didn't he? 
yeah, he, he, he's such a weird um, situation for him because he was having a good, you know, few weeks at the start of the, um, you know, the first Pulis. That, it was like the Gary Monk type, of, you know, when it was like that transition. And he, he signed on, obviously, under Karanka. And he didn't really play, but that first, like, little bit of um, the Gary Monk season, he was scoring and he was, you know, having a good start of the season. And he actually injured himself in a celebration. He tried to do a stupid backflip. He landed wrong on his ankle. And then he, and then he just, he's hes never been the same since. That's a very borough thing to do. Yeah, well, there we go. There's, there's <laughs> an answer for that. For the previous question. So you got Rudy um, just said. Currently, I'm not a great fan of Lee Peltier. Right. He's not, not a favourite. He just looks, he just seems slow. Like, really, really slow. <laughs> um, and I just, I do think that in the, in the majority of players, really, in, in the mid 30s, they're not, they're not really. I don't think they can generally compete. And I like Sol Bamba pulled the blinder against Sheffield United, but I don't, even, I don't even think he could do that week in, week out, to be fair. Oh, definitely not. It was uh, such a good performance, though. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, I think back, back to the years who used to make me cringe. <laughs> oh, he had a goalkeeper, and I can't remember what his name was. Pardon <laughs> You what, sorry? Was it Carlo Nash? No, it was way it was, back. It was something else then. I can't even think of his name. I'll have to Google it now. It was going right back until the like I think late eighties, early nineties. And he was pretty he was pretty woeful. Willie Wiggum? Someone... <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> he died just recently. I'm not sure if it wasn't Ian Ironside or maybe I'm confusing him with someone. And he was just awful, was he? Yeah, he, I think he wasn't our first choice keeper. It was around sort of Stephen Pears era. Hmm. I think he was our second choice keeper. I think I'm going to Google this later on tonight because I need to find. I need to remember this guy's name. So he was a bit. Yeah. He was a bit like sort of Bettinelli, kind of a bit. Oh, um, I forgot about him. <laughs> See, now I thought he started out quite promising. When he signed on, I was buzzing. Like, he's an experienced keeper and, you know, he's he's good at this level. But he was absolutely garbage. I've, I've not seen anything like it. I think he started out more promising, but I don't know if his confidence took a bit of a hit or... He had trampolines, gloves, didn't he? He, was, he couldn't catch COVID, this guy. I'm not even joking. <laughs> He became a bit comical almost, didn't he? Some of the goals he let in. I, I made a compilation um, about him. Obviously, if the listeners um, are on the, the UTB Spirit of 86 Facebook page, then you know they'll see some of the stupid videos I put out. But honestly, it just, it just highlights the how crap he was. He was absolutely dog shit. Yeah, I, he's, he's... And we... You know, we sort of seem to have quite a good, steady history of keepers at Middlesbrough sort of for a while. Yeah, I don't know how they went from Ainsley Pears. Why did they even sell him? I have no idea. They went from Ainsley Pears to that uh, Macedonian fella who played three games. And then 
they got this um, Bettinelli. I mean, fair play at his best, I, I guess. You know, maybe at his prime, what I've seen of him in the past few years, he'd have been a class keeper. But just something about him, it, he, he was shit, honestly. Yeah, he was a bit. He sort of gave me the fear a little bit. Yeah, you know, it never sort of felt that kind of confidence, like you know, like when we've had sort of um, Randolph in goal, or back when mm. we had Schwarzer in goal, or um, Dimmy. You know, sort of those kind of keepers that you kind of don't even feel that scared when they're on a one-on-one sort of situation. You think they've got half half a chance of mm. doing something, but. I missed him. He's top man. I know. Do you know he had a restaurant in Middlesbrough Town Centre? I didn't know that, no. Well, <laughs> well, he did for about five years, but it's gone now. It, it's, it, it's gone. It's something else now. Doesn't he play it somewhere still? Well, he used to play for Hornaby. Um, That's right. For about a year. Then he, he's gone to Hartlepool now as a keeper coach. So, fair play with him. Yeah, I liked him in goal. He just he just had that presence. It was it was almost like like the dad of the team. Do you know what I mean? Like I, 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 with his hands on the wheel, it just seemed a lot more steady. Um, but yeah, when he was playing, especially that promotion season, it was just it, wow. There's no words to describe just how good that team was. We need, we yeah, uh, and I always sort of think you kind of need to start your your team from for me defence and, and work forwards from that mm. and at the moment our defence isn't looking great we don't, we well, don't at, the moment, at the moment our defence is non-existent because <laughs> everyone's injured apparently oh god yeah, what is he is. doing in training though like what is he doing <laughs> to, I've, I've never ever you know I've spotted Bora for at least maybe nearly 10 years now um, I've never seen a team get injured so so often and so badly in training ever I don't know what he's doing to him it's funny because I've I'm, I'm really good friends with um a lady who supports Bristol City and they had the same problem I think last season she said they'd never she'd never known them have so many in, people get injured in players injured in training it's and bizarre. I just think I wonder what they're doing what drills they're doing because they put YouTube videos out like uh, training pre Peterborough United and stuff like this, which we'll get onto in a minute. But you know, they are—they just seem to be normal training sessions. Like, I can't understand unless he's bought cardboard cutouts. I don't understand how they're getting hurt like broke so easily. I, I just—it baffles me. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a worry in it really because the squad isn't like. With it's not a huge squad to start with, is it? I don't think. No, and it, it doesn't help that he's shipped out, you know, a full a full defence, a full backup defence. Without bringing anyone. Exactly, yeah. I mean, really? Who, who has he got? I mean, Sol Bamba is the last, you know, registered defender. I know McNair, House and um, Tavernier, maybe this new Silicky lad can play at the back, but yeah, it's, it's, bit, it's, it's bizarre. It's a bit makeshift, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you got to think as well, if you take them players out in midfield and bring them back, who are you going to put in midfield? It's it's an absolute shambles. We're just going to play 
like that <laughs> like all just midfield and yeah. probably sparrow up front on his own. You don't have to play like um San Marino, just stick ten at the back. <laughs> just put everybody registered in, in the roster, just stick them at the back. Yeah, uh, just line them all up in yeah. front of goal and then just don't move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might have to, you could try that. I mean I suppose you might, you know, get a bit of the ball, um, you know, once every so often. But possession um, in this team, especially, let's focus on the Blackpool game. The first half of the Blackpool game was absolutely fantastic. We were passing the ball freely, then putting the balls in the box, scored in the first half. And it just went to absolute crap. And it's happening way too often this season, especially in the second half of games where they're going to the break with the lead and then it, I don't know what happens at half-time, but they just seem to switch off and, you know, it's it's disappointing to see because, you know, the likes of Coventry, Blackpool, uh, you know, should really be beating them teams, but in the second half, just lets, lets the team down. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on, but... Hmm. What do you know. think is happening? I mean, there's... I sort of see a lot of like comments on the Facebook groups and there seems to be sort of some people think the fault lies with the manager and some people think that the players should shoulder some of the blame. Um, me personally, I think book stops with the manager in, in any profession, in any job, you know, don't matter what it is, the book stops with that manager. If it goes wrong, you can blame the people below you, but, they're only really as good as what the manager has told them to do, aren't they? Well, that, that's how that's I would see it. And I can't imagine that the players are deliberately going against what they're being told to do on the pitch, personally. I can't see that a bunch of professional footballers are going to be like, you know what, we're just going to like sabotage the manager here and whatever he says, we're not going to do it. Mm. I can't see that happening. So... It's got to be the instructions they're getting from the bench. So let's say if Warnock does get the sack, let's say we get beat um two one tomorrow by Peterborough, which hopefully I'm just put a curse on, but let's say if he gets the sack on Monday morning, who'd you like to see come in to take his job? Um someone a bit younger. Because <laughs> you know, ultimately, he's not got any seasons really left him. He ha has he Warnock, so he's not he really a long term. Well, no, I know. See, people seem to talk a lot about Eddie Howe. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's proven himself, hasn't he? But would he? Would he come up here? Would he move up here? Like what he's done at Bournemouth, it, that's never going to happen again. And he's pretty much a legend down there. But is he going to, you know, leave that? He's pretty much but, a king down there, like I said. But is he going to leave all that and just come up here and start fresh? Is he working? Then, um, is he, he's, he isn't anywhere at the moment, is he? I'm sure he's he's still... Yeah, he, he's not He's not he, um, in a job, but obviously he's still down Bournemouth. You know, he's respected down there by the fans. I suppose and, if, he, if he wants a paycheck, he'll yeah. you know, manage just go where the work is. Like, any manager with any sort of bit of anything about them would really take the challenge, wouldn't they, you'd think? Hmm. And if they're not well, prepared to take the challenge... 
he just rejected the Celtic job a few weeks ago. So it's not really a challenge, though, is it? That Celtic. It's not, <laughs> even, real, not even real football in Scotland. <laughs> if we get any Scottish fans listening to this, which hopefully we don't, <laughs> then they're coming. They're coming for you. <laughs> it's like pub league up there. Well, that's another. That's another discussion, though. They couldn't. Oh. They couldn't hack it in the championship. The, the the Scottish teams. Don't tell Darren that he'll he'll have a go at you. <laughs> we'll we'll try and get Darren on it. I think a Darren Fife episode will be quite cool. <laughs> yes, just, just don't have me on because I'll get shouted at. Oh God! Oh no! I'm not doing that on my own. You got to come with us. I don't. I, I I just. I mean, I, I'd like. I don't. I don't think they need a big name manager at Middlesbrough. Like, I mean, Warnock came in, and don't get me wrong, I have nothing particularly against him. I'm sure he's quite a nice person, and he's definitely a character, and he saved us from relegation because I've no doubt that under Woodgate we were going to get relegated. Oh, it was only heading one way that season. Um, and he and he did he did wonders, and he did really get seem to get something out of the players. But that, that might have just been, you know, that players sort of pull together, don't they, when they're up against it? Hmm. So maybe he just sort of like instilled that bit of fight, but it seems to have gone now and there doesn't seem to be much of a backbone to the team or much yeah, of it, fight it about does, them. It does seem to have kind of, you know, fizzled out of this Warnock honeymoon uh, period. Um, yeah. And now, now football's, you know, back, you know, the old football fans are in the stadiums again. And it just seems to have, reality seems to have hit now. And yeah, it's just, it's just not working out for him, is it? I mean, he's brought players in and I, I have no idea, you know, how big his budget was, but he's done what he can. Unfortunately, um, it hasn't worked for him. You know, I'd, I'd love to see you know, his final season as a manager finishing, you know, another promotion, but Unless things start changing, we've got absolutely no chance. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't honestly see us finishing. I think we do well if we finish mid-table, um, and it just sort of feels a bit like another wasted season. It and does. The longer we're in the championship, so the longer we'll be in the championship for. I know, I know what you're saying, but everything seemed to be in place this season. You know, I, I, we've got an absolutely Fantastic chance, you know, great defenders. I say Dale Fry and Grant Hall, you know, it, on the day, they're one of the best partnerships at the back in the whole. Um, we've got the biggest stadium as well in the league this season. We've got Neil Warnock, for Christ's sake. You know, we've got Andres Spira coming in. He scored a few goals over in Portugal. Now, every, everything just seemed to be in place. And, you know, for some reason... It just hasn't seemed to work. No, it doesn't seem to sort of be clicking, but then, you know, he's got good players that don't seem to be getting much of a look in that are sat on the bench. And I'm like, mm. why is he brought these players in not to play them? I, I don't think it takes... The, the, you know, people say, oh, they need to settle in. And it's like, they're professional footballers. They should really just be able to crack on and play football. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It's what they do, isn't it? It's not like they're new at the job or anything. So, you know, and 
they're all playing at a competitive level. So, yeah, it might take them a few weeks to adjust, such as like Piero. It'll take him a few weeks to adjust, but he's never going to adjust to the game if he's never on the pitch, is he? Hmm. He's never going to... The English game is a, it's very physical. Um, the, you know, the Argentinian league where Piero's came from is, you know, without sounding stereotypically, you know, you, you know what I mean, but it's... You know, flair, skill, you know, all this type of stuff, fast-paced, um, you know, in-out, quick feet, beautiful stuff. But in England, it's 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 physical. You know, you see um, the likes of George Friend uh, doing his little flicks. You know, I used to love it when he did that. Do you know what I'm talking about, way he cut in and all that? Yeah. But he was a big lad, wasn't he? Payero just seems to be, you know, just a little bit, I dare say, skinny. But he just seems a little bit um, like an underdog for most of the, the challenges he goes up against. Um, but he is showing signs of improvement. He hit the bar against Blackpool uh, with his first touch. Uh, so, you know, the confidence there to take a shot on. But yeah, if he hits the gym a bit, I'm sure he'll be, he'll See, be up I with the rest of them. I don't understand the mentality of, of bringing that kind of player in and then trying to make them play... I want the English way. I'm like, let him play his football. You know, sort of let him bring what he can bring to the game. All that mm. sort of flair and that that whole South American thing, and let him let him crack on. Because he, I think by trying by bringing in foreigners and trying to make them English, you kind of like putting square pegs into round holes. Really, it so is. Just... I, I do. I do agree with you. Like, if we can. I dare, I dare say play it with strengths, but then, you know, you've got other players from other countries coming in and every single um, country, it's a, it's a completely different game. Um, it's like it's like when Janino came, you know, he brought in um, Emerson as well and they just linked up perfectly. So I think if, if, he, if he didn't just randomly buy players from, you know, all four corners of the club, then... Yeah, if, let's say if he um he focused on Central Europe and brought some maybe Spanish lads in, like Karanga did, and that just worked a treat. Um, but yeah, it's it's a completely different game all over the world. Um, yeah, he, he, he just needs time to settle in. Um, I, well, I take that back. He should have settled in by now. He's been here what seven weeks nearly, maybe eight. Yeah. So um, well, the transfer window closed. It's been closed for two months, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've had this international break. I'm sure they'll have been, you know, working hard in trading, you know, trying not to get injured, doing whatever the hell he's got. <laughs> working doing. hard to get getting injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying not to get injured. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's Peterborough tomorrow, which leads on to our next bit. Um, on paper. This is, it, it's an easy win for for Borough on paper. This, but in reality, what what are we in store for tomorrow? Well, that's the thing. Is like we sort of say it's an easy win, but in reality, we're actually slipping down the league. Mm. So now we're be, we're getting to the point where we're actually becoming other teams' easy wins. I mean, okay. we should okay. still we should still be pe- beating Peterborough. Um, then we we should have really beaten Hull, shouldn't we? 
reckon we did We've got it. Libra tomorrow and if if ever there was a chance for Warnock to get the fans back on his side, this is it. I mean, it's a must win for him. It's a must win for everybody. It's not just a must win. I think I think they need to see there needs to be a performance there as well. Hmm. You know, I mean ultimately, yeah, you take a scrappy one nil win or whatever, just you take the win. But the football is so hit and miss at the moment. You know, we put in a, a reasonably decent performance against like Sheffield United and it was almost enjoyable to watch. You know, yeah. like I was like, wow. And then you think, oh, is this now like the turning point in the season? And then it then we followed it up with whatever the hell that was at Hull. Don't even know what that was, apart from depressing. The well the weather didn't help either, did it? <laughs> The weather did not help at all. <laughs> and then getting lost didn't help. And then getting drenched by a car didn't help. But um, it was just... We started out and we didn't look too bad, but then it just seemed to sort of... I don't know. They don't take the chances. Um, but they don't create enough chances. So, like, if you're creating, you know, 20-odd chances in a game and you win... And you score three or four goals, but when you're only creating three or four decent chances in a game, your conversion rate needs to be so much higher because you're not, you know. And I think maybe if some of the players just kind of had a bit of a, a bit of a shot on goal a bit more, or were a little bit more daring and kind of just, well, I think when you've got a team that are up against it, the confidence goes a little bit, and they sort of seem to not sort of go for the kind of shots at goal or the passes that they would probably go for. I get you, I get you. Um, so, finally, um, just under 40 minutes this podcast. How quick has that I went? I know, I can, I can talk bollocks for hours, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, finally, I'm going to ask her for a quick score prediction for Saturday and Tuesday. Go ahead. Oh, right, Okay. I don't know if this is the optimist in me, but I'm going for 2-1 tomorrow to us, 2-1 to Borough tomorrow. Very optimistic. And I'm going to go for a nil-nil draw against Barnsley. So 2-1 two, two tomorrow, nil-nil against Barnsley. Yeah. Go for us tomorrow? Um, I don't know who the hell's playing. It's probably Sol Bamba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, if if um, if Vic Piazzi is playing, it'd be good to see him get on the score sheet. I'd really like to see him and Spora play up front together. I think they would. Um, I think this that could be the strike partnership that Warnock's just not seeing. Yeah, um, I mean, front. you saw him. You saw him on international break with um, who does he play? Serbia. One of the one of them. You know. Um, and his link-up with your striker that, that night was just fantastic. And he scored the worldie as well. Absolutely banging goal. So maybe if he plays up top with, with Uche, then... He scored a goal against Forrest, to be fair. It was a good goal that oh, he scored yeah, yeah. against Forrest. He just... That's the thing we talked about um, before, you know, play to their strengths um, and and they'll they'll deliver. Yeah, I mean, Ike Piazzi is such a big lad. He's kind of hard to handle up front, isn't he? So, 
he, he creates problems just by being on the pitch. He's a he's a he's a very big man, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and he, he 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 draws quite a lot of fouls as well, doesn't he? Off off defenders because they really the only thing they can do is like hang off his back. He can half hold the ball up as well. What yeah. he's got a great first touch for a big lad as well. His first touch is absolutely phenomenal. So sort of him him and Sporer up front could be could be quite an interesting partnership. But um, yeah, well I'm going to go Ik Piazu and Tav to score tomorrow. Nice one. Are you going to the game tomorrow, Jane? Or I'm actually not going tomorrow. No, my my son's at his dad's, and I'm not. I'm not. I don't really like going on my own. So, um, I went to Hull on my own, and it was quite depressing. But the, the oh, score no. didn't help. So yeah. So I'm I'm not going tomorrow. I'll um I'll see if I can find some sort of not illegal stream. Obviously not illegal. <laughs> some sort of totally legal stream to watch it on tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, Jane, it's been an absolute pleasure for the past 41 minutes. Thanks, Thanks for coming for on. No, it's, it's good. We'll um, be sure to have you on um, again soon in the future. You know, no, no doubt you'll be on again. Um, might even become a, a regular. Uh, so, yeah, have a nice weekend. You know, enjoy you. your totally legal stream. Enjoy the game. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Take care, Jane. Take care. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.